All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. This is your host, Brandon, joined host, Nick and Dan, and we are live from FedEx Field. Chelsea just have beaten handily Fulham to win the Summer Series that, Cup. That's right, Brandon. We are not only champions of Europe previously, champions of England, yep. now Premier League Summer Series champions. You'll never sing that, Nick. They'll never sing that. Maybe they will. Uh, because, if they're Chelsea fans. Because look at these heroes out here. Just tremendous stuff from Chelsea beating a hapless Fulham 2-0. Uh, look, excited to be here. Obviously, this is uh, a special one that, that we got to enjoy. Lots of friends and family in, in D.C. And, uh, you know, nice to kind of cap it off with an easygoing win. Lots of subs. It was, uh, was kind of chaos out there. Thank you. Thank you for calling out the shirt. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to give you instant reaction from Landover, Maryland, right after the game. As you can see, a stadium behind us. Pretty cool. We thought we'd do this from the press box. Uh, something a little bit new. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, before, we, I guess, we get into the, the boring stuff of the match, Dan, and I tease. We do want to say a huge shout out to our community that we have here. They are amazing. They are powerful. They are in numbers. Um, and they're the reason we do this and how we continue to keep the engine moving. Yeah, we want to thank everybody who's joined us across the tour. There's a whole section later in the podcast getting into our favorite moments from these past two weeks and four cities that we've been to. But we just want to say a huge thanks to all our wonderful supporters on Patreon. You can find us there, patreon.com slash Pod or you can do free things to help the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or follow us for free on YouTube. We're over 25,000 subscribers there now, and uh, we'd like to hit 30 at some point this season. Hopefully sooner rather than later. If you want to watch this video live from the press box, you can very do it cool. there. How about that? Good call. Yeah, it's a very cool visual. Uh, right, match review. Uh, busy, busy one for this. Uh, we're all laughing, talking with some of our reporter friends before the match, thinking, well, what's, what's a good old Potch going to do for this one? I don't think anyone had this on their bingo card no. whatsoever, uh, but Captain Tiago Silva leading the team out. Well, you had Gabriel Sol Solnina, rumored to be leaving on loan, playing and starting in between the sticks. Ben Chilwell, Bashir Humphreys, Tiago Silva, and Malaguso as your back four. Enzo and Andre Santos as your midfield two. And then it was Nkunku, Carney Chakwameka as the 10 in Raheem Sterling with Mason Burstow up top, which was not the lineup I think most of us were expecting. But it was an extremely hot day outside, Nick. And so I think that played a little bit into it. I think there were some questions. Uh, you know, up here in the press box or even online and social, people were asking, wait, wait a minute, why aren't we seeing the lineup a little bit closer to the team that's going to face Liverpool? And it just was a scorcher out today. And I think this seemed like the right call to give us effectively two 11s. Yeah, bold strategy for uh, for the final game of the Premier League Summer Series to be hosted at the hottest point of the day. So, um, you know, questions about that. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was hot out there, Brennan. You were out in the stands trying to get some some clips for us. Thoughts and feelings on the temps. Hey, better than the Villa Brentford match before this one. I mean, that was literally noon. The, the tough. We obviously the the heat continued to compound. It was hot in the stands where the Chelsea fans were as metal bleachers, so even like my feet were getting hot. But everyone was in good spirits, which was awesome. Uh, the one guy carrying eight empty Bud Light Tallboys back, uh, <laughs> hero for taking out his own garbage with him, and I think he came back with eight more. You had to stay cool however way you wanted to, um, but it, it was good. Everybody was really happy that was in the stands, but I know a lot of people did uh, tap out every now and then. They'd go to the concourse where there's a bit of Smart a breeze, move. shade, just to hit reset because it was so hot down there. So let me fill you in on the fact that we did have a bunch of halftime subs, so not only did you get a chance to see all the players we previously mentioned, uh, 
Lucas Bergstrom came on the 61st minute. Trev Chalaba was replaced by Gilchrist in the 60th minute. Injured right down the yep. tunnel. Didn't even hang out. Marco Correa came in for Ben Chilwell. Levi Cole came in for Humphreys. Ian Motson came in for Burstow. Um, Connor Gallagher came in for Fernandez. Reese James came in for Gusto. Andre Santos left, replaced by Cesar Casade. Angelo came in for Chakwameka. Lewis Hall came in for Nkunku. And Lewis Hall minutes, as we've been asking for. And Nicholas Jackson came in for Raheem Sterling. Only Diego Moreira and Mikhailo Mudrik were unused subs and Kepa. So, I mean, I guess it's... It's 12, 12 subs. Uh, 13 if you count Trevos for an injury. And Premier League rules coming yeah. into effect that you can only do four subs at a time, <laughs> which again, Premier League Summer Series didn't care a whole about a whole lot of things. That was one rule that they would not break. Sticklers, you know, for uh, for the sub rule, even though we knew it was going to be a huge changeover. Uh, yeah, a little surprised to not see Mudrik, to be honest with you. I mean, he's been pretty dynamic the last couple of matches. So, you know, we'll see him in Chicago, I'm sure. But yeah, a little, little disappointed in that. So it's interesting because I think the thing we want to talk about is like stock up, stock down. So players that had a moment in this game, had an opportunity to further make their claim to Pochettino and say, I need to be in your plans. I need to be part of the starting lineup. There were some, I think, maybe we even disagree with, with the look in the stand view versus also the look in kind of the press box, a little bit more elevated, a little bit bigger view of what was going on behind us. Chuck Wameka was one that you maybe had a little few more questions about that Nick and I, I think, were a little bit more impressed about. Well, I, there's two things I want to call out real quick in the lineup because I think this plays into it. One, the starting lineup's average age was 23.8 with Thiago Silva. You take that outlier out, this team is sub-21 at this point. And then at the second Good half... Good luck getting a beer. It's Not, not in the States. <laughs> yeah, no Budweiser's in America. Um, the second half, seven of the 11 players were academy Came, come through the academy and that's including Bergstrom, uh, Reese James and Connor Gallagher who are the seniors but Gilchrist. then Gilchrist yes Alfie Gilchrist was there uh, Levi Colwell um, Matson, Lewis Hall uh, the, the number it, it continued from there but like 7 of 11 came through academy uh, a tear came down Phil's eye and we shared a moment on WhatsApp just, just one single tear down his cheek okay so stock up stock down you're talking about Carney Chukwemeka yeah Here's the deal. I think that he is super impressive around the box. I think he struggles in the other two-thirds of the field. That's what I saw. When he has his back to goal, I think he's less dynamic. When he's running at goal, I think he is damn near impossible to stop on the dribble. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the counter-argument to that because I think the game started off really sloppy from both teams. It was like 20 minutes before they kind of settled in, Chelsea, I mean. And it was after the 20-minute mark where you saw Bursto really pressing forward. You saw Raz pressing forward. And I think that opened up some space for Trocomeca and then, you know, some of the touches and some of the passes that I think were beginning to form between him and Nkunku, him and Raz, and, and eventually, you know, him and Bursto were, you know, I think better and, and better than we've seen maybe from him the entire preseason. Um, he's a player that's really interesting. He could be on the bubble, right, in terms of, like, do you loan him, do you keep him? And I think today's performance as the 10 with Nkunku playing left of him is really fascinating. I think there's been a couple players who've impressed maybe in moments more than he has, and I think what Chukwameka has done is, like, sustained 
game over game improvements to put himself in a position to make it difficult or make the question harder for Pochettino when it comes to what will his inclusion look like in the squad next season? Is it being that 10, that replacement for Nkunku at times when he needs 20 minutes off in a game near the end? Because that could be something over the course of a season that allows him to really develop if Nkunku gets injured or gives him an opportunity to impact the game that way. I liked how he was interchanging with Sterling. I actually think this was probably Sterling's best game in the preseason, Agreed. even though it was not a great game. It was the best game that he's played in this preseason. And generally, I felt like the the way he was able to assert himself in midfield to bring the ball forward um, was, was really good. I think we've got something there that's going to give us an opportunity to try something a little different. Again, I, I just think when we've seen him deeper, not as effective. 10, for sure. Running at goal, very dynamic. Good eye for a pass. Uh, obviously set up the second goal today. He he is very, very good in the final third. And to be fair, that is a valuable skill set for sure. Uh, you guys put Andre Santos down here. Again, we got to see him. He uh, is continuing. He's just quiet. He's, he's not a loud player on the pitch by any means, but... That's what's important. You talked about John Obi McKell in the live show. It, he was so good because you didn't have to worry about him. He, he doesn't make a splash. He's great in possession and is fine with the tackle. I, I think he's more vocal than maybe you're giving him credit for because he was, I guess I mean like his play style. His is performances okay. are yeah, quiet. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he's just tidy. He just does the business. It's interesting. At 19, he's doing a lot of pointing and shouting, right? He's, he's trying to orchestrate people to come forward to help pick up the ball, especially when the midfield, Dan, is under pressure, which Fulham did multiple times in this game. They tried to pressure out our midfield and uh, make it a little bit more difficult to advance the ball through there. It was pretty compact most of the first half, right? So I, I think this was an interesting test for a young guy who is clearly super talented and maybe is a future leader of the team. Yeah, more often than not, in the beginning part of the match, you saw a pretty widespread between Thiago Silva and Bashir Humphreys in the back. And so in previous seasons, like where you'd have Jorginho as your deepest lying midfielder, it would come back basically be like a third center back back there, last line of defense. You had Santos more often than not dropping out of the position. Enzo did a little bit because they were changing. It was a, it was a true pivot. Um, I just The way that he was able to pass forward to connect to very incisively play the ball into positions where it was going to give the, the next person an opportunity to make a pass after the pass, really, really good stuff. And I think, again, there have been rumors that he might go on loan, and that would be interesting because I, I do feel like unless you're getting that replacement midfielder in that you're looking for, the, the high-dollar name that we don't have to mention again, I'm very interested what Santos could do with his team for a full Premier League season. Any other names that you think, Brandon? You, you had a different view from the majority of the game. Was there someone who stuck out to you? I mean, it's the same people. Malo Gusto, mm. right? I mean, and I, it's it's silly to say Nkunku and Fernandez, but they are class. They really are good. Um, and, and so I think that you just continue to see consistency from certain players. You know, this is like good to see Tiago again, right? And scoring off the set piece. But I tell you what, like Malo Gusto is, is exceptional. Enzo hasn't skipped a, a beat. And Nkunku, are just, he's class. Because, again, he played in a new position today. No big deal. Yeah. 
his his first touch is just something ridiculous and especially when you are watching it live all of the little runs he does off the ball all the tracking back and harrying he does dan i, I mean this is a player who i feel pretty confident is going to get into double digit uh, goals and assists this year, and it could happen before Christmas. The, the fact that somebody has won you over and has made you a believer that they could get double digits goals and assists is the best thing I've heard this entire trip. And I think that yeah. in general, the other thing is the way he he bodies the defender going up against him. He is able to really challenge them with his frame. And so I think there's a lot of really smart play that he's going to bring into the side, whether that's as a nine, whether that's as an eight, whether that's as a 10, there's going to be, a, I think a lot of ways that Pochettino and the team can use him. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, I really think the future is the the Jackson and Kunku nine and 10 experiment, them playing together that way. But I know he looked great today. The point here is that there are far more players on the up than on the opposite. And that means we've had an unbelievably successful preseason with one game left. That's what we want to continue to see. There haven't been the wobbles. There haven't been the ups and downs. It's really just been like, strength to strength for this team, even with heavy rotation, even in a shitty, you know, temperature environment today. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. And I will just say my last one was Lewis Hall is so good. He deserves to play. That's the way he tapped around on that one marauding run. He just has an incredible amount of balance to stay up. He's not bothered. Like he, there's someone to be marauding. Right. And this, the guy that was playing right back, he, he had a, an amazing season at Wolfsburg that one season. Like he he broke out on Europe, and Lewis Hall can't be bothered to like worry. It, he's just he's so so good. And I, I know I've you know broken record on, but like he is top top top. Um, all right, we're gonna take an ad break when we get back. Maybe stock down and who's got more to prove. So thanks to the sponsors, and we'll bear it back. All right, coming out of that one. Uh, on the flip side, maybe question marks again. I think the strengths we knew. The question marks are still the, the question marks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfair to say this, but, uh, you know, Cassidy struggled in the second half. Sure. Uh, and, and why it's unfair is, like, he was being asked to play a deeper six role again. I, I don't think that's where he is going to be most successful in his career. I think he is much more of an eight, advanced, kind of playmaking, dribbling type of, of midfielder. And to me, you know, when you look at the, you know, kind of requirements that we have, you know, that will hopefully be solved by a couple of transfers in, uh, you know, this is not a position that I think he'll be asked to play regularly. But, Dan, it feels like perhaps, you know, the, the loan rumors are, you know, to Leicester City are pretty strong, as we've talked about the last few pods, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Well, you saw back five when Kukurea came in, Hall came in, uh, Levi Colwell came in, so you had a chance to see a bit of a different defensive shape. So I think that shades a little bit of my thought around most of the contributions yeah, in fair. the second half because it was it was disjointed. What I would say is Cassidy needs to work on ball retention and passing in tight areas. I think that more often than not, he tries to weave and get around and doesn't necessarily have the control and the retention required to make that happen all the time. So I think alone where he's going to get tons of minutes is so invaluable to him. I think the question question isn't, could Cassidy be a Chelsea player? It's will he be a better Chelsea player in a year if he gets 3,000 minutes versus getting 1,000 yep. minutes here as a player this season? I think that's that's the crucial thing to maintain. I think if we're talking about other players who maybe had struggles. You would hope that Kukurea in a back three would look better as a left center back, and he 
thankfully had Levi Cole next to him who bailed him out once or twice yeah. in a very short amount of time on the pitch. And so again, I, I it, it feels bad to kind of harp on the same player again and again and again, but that is going to be a massive question left for, for Potch to answer in terms of what's going on with your left back position. If you're going to be playing a back four, it really is Ben Chilwell, as we've seen, is the starter. And you have Lewis Hall, who can do it. You have Ian Monson who could do it. And you have Kukurea, who really doesn't seem like the right fit. Yeah, I mean, it was audible from the from the bench on TV that his positioning was off, that he wasn't pressing with the rest of the line. Sure. You don't do that. You're... You, you allow people in behind and, you know, they score goals like they did against uh, like Newcastle did against us. And I, I think it is, you know, shitty that we have to continue to kind of say that. But it the game is the game. Right. And you can't have weak links out there. He has not performed well this preseason and not been the player that was you know, supposed to be reinvigorated coming back into this team after a really tough personal year. references to the wire while we're actually in, in Maryland. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, look. Brandon, well, thoughts about the wire? Nah, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, uh, you know, I think Trevo's injury is an interesting wrinkle. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the new signing in a second, right? But it's almost a good time because it forces him to stay potentially. But at the same time, he went straight down the tunnel, only played what was it, um, 15 minutes before he got subbed off. I didn't see it. Did you guys see if it was contact or non-contact? No, he just kind of went down after a pass to play and was grabbing you know, kind of that right hamstring, right knee area. Came out with some pretty heavy strapping on that, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, contextually, you don't want injuries in preseason. Um, you know, Chelsea looked miles ahead of Fulham when it came to fitness today and just being able to get themselves up and down the pitch. But this is a concern, right? I mean, to have two right-sided center backs go down in a period of a couple of weeks is is not exactly great, and I think might have led to to the the transfer in that we're going to talk about that really surprised us uh, while we were uh, saying hi to the Beltway Blues at the tailgate this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's go ahead and and I guess touch on that because to your point, we were. Just trying to enjoy ourselves in the parking lot at the tailgate. Lights, light Saturday, light Sunday. Come on. And Sunday. Out of nowhere. Who knows what day it is? Ishan comes up and goes, uh, Chelsea just signed a center back. Uh, what? Sorry, what? Come again? Oh, wait. We signed a player yesterday. <laughs> where he signed a player today. And he's a right-sided center back, uh, DeSassi, Axel DeSassi from Monaco. So I went to our friends, our favorite source, FB Ref. Shout out FBRF. He had the most minutes for Monaco last season of any outfield player, 3,300 minutes. Uh, he had three goals, three assists, which you love to see. And he played, Benoit Badeschiel played 839 minutes at Monaco in half a season. So 25 years old, 45 million euros. This is a signing that is going to play or expect to play. Sure. Uh, Lawrence Stewart going back to the well. Um, Look, Monaco has a great ability to develop and identify talent, sure. so not a terrible thing. I think the questions are going to be around how does that, what does that signal in terms of the club's understanding about Fafana's long-term mm. potential for getting up to speed quickly, getting recovered quickly. It does bring into questions around 
you know, is Trev, Trev Chalaba going to stay or does he potentially go? Or is it just saying like, look, we feel like we're still light from a center back perspective. And even if we keep Trev, we want someone else around because we do have a 39 year old Tiago Silva. We have a half season of Levi Colwell at Brighton. Like th- there is some, a fair criticism to be had of this center back grouping that it's not the most experienced that Chelsea have played before. And the premier league, even with 38 games is tough and one or two injuries could put us in a pretty difficult position there. I know Bashir Humphreys has played well and probably impressed a lot of people. It feels like he's worked himself maybe into more of a, a loan now yeah. than potentially staying as a fifth choice center back with this signing coming in. Well, it's really fascinating. I mean, just from, you know, we talked about this on the video before um, the, the match, but you know, if this is a sell Trev to buy someone like this, financially, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? I mean, about the same age, Trev's a, I think a bit of a different sort of player than Desasi is. Sasi is a six-two-one-ninety. Like he's a big unit of a guy. I'm mean, much, much uh, thicker than what Trev is, and maybe a little bit more versatile when it comes to to bodying the bigger center forwards that that we see in the Premier League. Uh, his passing is really good. His progressive passing is really good, according to FB Ref. But he's not a tackler. Right, I mean, his tackles are are staggeringly low, and I think he does what John Terry used to do, which is play the positioning so well that you can make interceptions, not tackles. And, you know, again, let's see how that works out. I mean, Tiago Silva's made a career on that. Um, so, you know, if, if you do get, you know, a young, a young style player like that, who's able to come in a little bit more experienced than Betty Shield has is able to play great. But if you have to sell someone to make profit, quote unquote, and then you bring in a player who's going to cost you a lot from an amortization perspective, although his rate, his wages at Monaco were staggeringly low. I think they were like 13000 a week or something. Like yeah, that. I mean, it's again, it's a combined conversation wage plus your transfer fee factor into it. You also consider that Chelsea have removed a lot of money off the books. And so there is a lot more fluidity in the situation for them to use this season in terms of how they want to structure existing wages, which are the repeat costs uh, versus the amortization, which over time will continue to reduce season over season. Well, again, not to get nerdy, they pay it up front usually, and then it's just an accounting practice on the amortization. So I, I know even in the parking lot, we were like, oh, tough on Trev. I will give you some strong arguments for why he's a good center back. So 6'2", 190, uh, right-footed, 25 years old. Uh, he is, again, sub 14,000 euros a week on wages. So you imagine you can double, triple, and really not feel it. That's like a pay bump for him, right? He's scored three goals in Ligue 1 and two goals in the Europa League with three assists in Ligue 1 and one. So he gets involved offensively, which is awesome. He can play in a back four and a back three or five and it was he was the vice captain it was Visam Ben Yedder or it was Axel de Sassi was their captain and so he has like six to eight maybe 10 appearances as a captain as a 25 year old I think that speaks really highly of of what he's been able to do um so again if you look and then you look at the passing to your point Nick positionally really aware not overly physical uh can play a pass there's a lot of versatility with him and, I, and it'll be interesting to see, but it, I would look at it on paper and go this, this regardless of the scenario is a good signing. Well, I mean, it's not an overpay, right? I mean, potentially, I mean, it's certainly not an overpay in wages when you get it all set up, but like, 
again, the question remains, like, what is going to happen now, right? You had five center backs. Then, you know, you have a big injury to Fafana, maybe an injury to Trev. We don't know. So if, if the both those are out for extended periods of time, which we don't know anything about Trev, and it didn't look like it was a massive one, you know, then you're only down to three, and so this makes sense. But it's it's a really interesting signing, Dan, because if you have to sell one to keep one, it it's weird. Again, it's all about squad composition. I think we still it's probably too early to grade the incoming and knowing the outgoing or learning more about the outgoing will help us do that. We did read from Jacob Steinberg that West Ham, in addition to enter our interest in Chalaba, so that could be a potential exit opportunity for him, but we'll have to wait and see. And again, this is coming at the time where the tough decisions are going to have to happen. Pochettino's talked about it in this part of the tour that you're starting to get to the point where those players, they have to be here because they want to figure out how they help the team. And so he is thinking about all of these decisions and it's an opportunity for us to build the right squad to compete effectively and uh, win the second trophy of the season. Okay. Which one will that be, Dan? (laughs) (laughs) Be one of either the league cup or the FA cup. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, well, a lot to come from, but a five-year contract with a plus-one option. Thank you, UEFA and FIFA. <laughs> well, I think I think the one other interesting note, which we didn't talk about yet, but obviously uh, Leslie, who was purchased as well, is going to be coming and joining. Chukwu nailed it. Is coming to the U.S. and he will be with the squad in Chicago. <laughs> so interesting to see if there's any other impact on midfield outgoing based upon that. Yeah. All right. We're gonna take a last ad break when we get back. A little bit more about the squad and and we'll wrap up. Thank you to the sponsors. We'll be right back. All right. Overall impressions uh, that we haven't touched on. I think, like I said, with the four up, uh, four down, and trophy in hand, heading to Chicago. I think you're going to see even even more. Do you guys have any predictions on what we're going to see there? Because it's kind of at this point like job done. You you got to see something closer starting lineup against Liverpool and Chicago. I think uh, the weather is going to be a lot more favorable. I will say in Chicago the game will be at night. Hopefully it won't be so taxing as it was here. But it's something that you know, especially as the squad begins to trim down a little bit, you're going to figure out who's going to be around and who's not. It wouldn't surprise me if we see one more friendly in Europe or the UK drop into the calendar based upon the amount of time between when Chelsea last play and the start of the Premier League season. That could be behind closed doors. It could be something that's organized as a charity yeah. match. It just feels like there's there's too long of a time window between those. I think the last thing that we didn't really talk a whole lot about was this Ian Motson, who continued to impress today, was in more of a midfield position. and Moved to Cam. Moved to, yeah, he was again, number 10 there at the end. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. He's playing every possible position. Uh, we, we did, and we'll release in a couple of days, an uh, interview that we did with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank before the match today. We talked a little bit with him about Ian Motson and just how versatile he is, what that does for a coach. And to me, I just... Would love to see him at left back once, once during, you know, and maybe, maybe I don't want to, because ultimately if he's so versatile that Poch is going to use him anywhere on the pitch and is going to keep him around, that's a great solution to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to see more of Nico and, and Nkunku together. I mean, Nico, again, was super impressive in the second half, chasing everything, almost scoring a wonder goal <laughs> on the volley, which would have been sick. But, you know, I want to see both those two together, and I want the relationship to flourish. You know, like Chelsea have a semi 
knock on whatever wood surface you have. This is semi, a fly, I believe. Some sort of fly board, yeah. Uh, Semi-favorable start to the season post-Liverpool. Like, there's a chance to build momentum. I want to see those two get off and firing so that the the doubt doesn't creep back in that we had last year, Brandon. And I, I think I'm trying to do everything the opposite For of sure. what we did last year. Which is smart. I, I am happy that they're going to have two full weeks in Cobham to just focus on themselves. Settle, settle in. You know, and we have talked about the the couple of guys that are hanging out at Cobham that uh, haven't been included. Mm. And Lukaku and Ziyech will continue to see what happens there, but I don't see them integrating with the squad at all. Um, but two weeks of sleeping in their own bed, having consistent facilities, getting out to train and getting into rhythm is perfect. We did the business in the U.S. All the fans got to see goals, wins, a lot of different players. I, I do think... Guys, night and day from last summer. Oh. Remember, remember, remember Tuchel walking out with that final press conference. The vibes are different. The aura is different heading into. Dan's a big aura guy. Now. Look, uh, Pochettino made me <laughs> a believer. I'm a believer in aura. I'm believer, believer in all that stuff now. Whatever we need to do to make Chelsea win, we're gonna get it done. Yeah. All right. Um, some things on the trip. Uh, we have had an unbelievable, phenomenal time. Our our journey ends right now. This is the last thing that we're going to do as a part of it. Um, as you guys have pointed out, maybe once or twice, um, you you came before me in North Carolina. I might have missed that. Yeah, I mean, you weren't there, and I think we still haven't really gotten over it. But Clearly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, we'll kind of go down the, the list here. Raleigh, absolutely fantastic time. Great live show. Great pivot from the RDE Blues to, to switch pubs the day of, basically. Last minute. Uh, and make that happen. The The game was fantastic. You know, being in North Carolina for really the, the second time for me uh, was great. Nice little college town vibe to that one. Got to see our friend Jenny Chu there, which was great. Um, and so many uh, warm, welcoming people. Um, Tiff and the rest of those guys deserve a ton of credit for kind of kicking the tour off on the right foot, Dan. Yeah, then it was off to Philadelphia, and boy, oh boy, the Philly Blues made it a very, on very, a show, baby. very, very special time for us. We really enjoyed our opportunity to get to hang out with them before the live show and then also after it, and we really had a, a great time there. The the I'm Philly super impressed, super impressed with the city, super yep. like, again, not what I was expecting. Uh, if you, if you're only, if your only point of reference is always sunny in Philadelphia, you do not have the correct interpretation yeah. of what Philadelphia actually is. And they showed up Chelsea win. It was a really good vibe. We were rocking. We're getting to see some more of the progress that the team was making. And then, uh, yeah, it was off to Atlanta. Where the players play? Atlanta was awesome. We spent the most time in Atlanta just because, you know, we're balancing our day jobs. It's like work in the hotel all day, then rock up and do podcast stuff at night, which is, you know, a fun balance at times. Uh, DPZ from We Ain't Got No History hanging out with us on those couple legs, which is always a good time. But again, the Atlanta and Georgia Blues uh, setting up an amazing venue at Fado. Um, we had, we had the live show. There's so many people again, friendly faces that we got to enjoy. And it, it was just, we went from stop to stop yeah. and it was just strength to strength. My, my parents in Atlanta, Barat and Jake in Philly, who we have to mention were great. And Danny, who made me say this on air that he also has been a listener since season one. We have to count when it was him. still on SoundCloud. Yep. Um, and now we're in DC. Right. And to, to close it out here, a city that we've all been to before that it has a lot of history to it. And the Beltway Blues yesterday put on an absolute masterclass of a of an event. And shout out to Astro Beer Hall where they were oh. hosting it, where they 
built a literal stage so that we would have a spot <laughs> to podcast from. A uh, very cool first for us to have someone building constructs the stage. There were questions about the construction. They it were answered up. though. It held up. It held up. So we're all good. DC RVA Blues came up. It was a packed house. I I was just absolutely blown away at all three stops, just how many people came out. I was in the stands. People came up to me just then. Like I they're like, I love the show, big fan. And it it's still crazy to me to think that like this many people are happy to come hang out and listen to us talk. I can't express how A, grateful and unbelievable it is. And two Oh my gosh, if you see us and you're worried about coming to say hi, you've got the wrong perspective. We are as normal as normal gets. We love meeting people that listen to us. Maybe just don't come and be like, hey, I recognize your voice. That's the only one weird in- intro. That, that happens to me <laughs> quite a bit. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I mean, look, Allison, Matt from Beltway Blues, awesome job organizing everything. Techie Tiger joining us uh, in uh, in DC as well. Great question. We had uh, the opportunity to do the lead in for the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank has crashed late, late minute addition to our schedule, <laughs> but thankfully we kept our dance card clear and yeah. could make ourselves available to help out when needed. And look, uh, you know, I think we had a great night uh, out as well, just kind of seeing everybody, meeting everybody. This has been such a blessing of a trip to get to do this two years in a row is super special. Uh, and it's just been incredible like brandon said to get the opportunity to meet so many people to have so many great conversations kind of get to know you guys as much as you know us which is you know it's kind of a one-way relationship sometimes in that way but uh absolutely fantastic can't say thank you enough absolutely and again this just to all the the hundreds of thousands of fans that got to see chelsea this summer awesome super happy for you um if you didn't you weren't able to find a group if you don't have a group start a group it is nothing better than having friends to watch chelsea with and we can't push that enough that's why if you don't have one we push the discord it is like an online chapter group you know essentially for supporters as well and it just this shows how tangible the relationships and the feeling is and there's nothing better so that's where i'm at Yeah, we just want to thank everybody who came out to the live shows and coordinated parts of their trip and their experience around seeing Chelsea in the U.S. this year around our schedule. Uh, It was was really, really kind, really special. Uh, I know some of us were sharing with friends, sharing with bosses, and uh, the people in our lives are always, I think, super impressed that this thing that we did because people were going to listen, like our parents, uh, for the first couple episodes and sniffing others now that, uh, you know, tens of thousands of you listen on a regular basis. And we we can't thank you enough for that. For those who bought us a beverage or, you know, let us buy them a beverage occasionally, uh, we're very thankful for that as well. Um, You know, we we never expect anything in return other than just uh, you continue to give us honest creating critical feedback to continue to make the show better and maybe a five-star review and yeah look we'll take free (laughs) five-star reviews and uh but but nick i I do think we have one question to close it out sure because we have to put ourselves on the record yep the best food we had in the trip there's a lot of great options it is i mean a lot of great great food cities i did have chick-fil-a once okay zach (laughs) wow shout out to zach shalab who had a tough experience with some chick-fil-a um look uh i think for me, the, the best atmosphere of any place that we ate was the Atlanta Breakfast Club. Uh, phenomenal atmosphere. Live DJ. That's we hard were, to beat. We were dragging ass after an early flight. We threw our stuff down at the hotel, 
and we walked over and I think we were all just like, please, let's have some food and go take a nap. And then we walk in, the place is bumping. There are people tailgating the breakfast club, like just waiting to get inside. Dan <laughs> did a little sneaky Yelp thing, which was pretty cool. Yelp waitlist, shout out. Got, got us in and uh, our waiter just gave us energy he's straight away and it was the best fried chicken i've ever had in my life with mm-hmm. some waffles with some bacon all that sort of stuff killer stuff love the atlanta breakfast club shouts i think my runner-up would be bonton which was also in atlanta which was uh definitely a norland style joint we had that gumbo in the beginning had the right level of spice to it nice little bit of heat had the uh, fried oyster po'boy that was fantastic um but I'm going to have to give it to Lay Diplomat, which yeah. we went to here I'll in I'll take DC. it for you because that was mine. Like, I'm happy you went with the hipster one, which was awesome. It was a crazy blend. Like, I never would have picked that. Um, but here, uh, what was it called? Lay Diplomat? Lay Diplomat, Lay yeah. Diplomat. Um, we went Naz. It was fun. And I had an unbelievable steak. It was so good. We had oysters to kick it off, which were phenomenal. And, uh, we did do land, sea, and air. If I don't know if you, mm-hmm. you, you had the steak. Mm-hmm. Naz had scallops. I had the duck confit. Mm-hmm. We had some oysters. And Ishan just had drinks. Good man. <laughs> uh, and that's where we're going to end it. It's just huge shout out to Ishan, who has been with us every single step of the way. He's actually at the press conference right now as yep. we record. Uh, Jake, editor Jake, has been doing it. And while he's been moving and his girlfriend's been moving and he's still continuing to show up. Um, just everyone that's helped us behind the scenes. Like this is such a a tough push when we're on the road, and yeah. we couldn't have done it without our with our group. Massive shouts to Nizar Kinsula, to Tom Roddy, to Liam Toomey, who have joined us for a couple of our live shows as well, and Ben Jacobs, who yep. joined us as well for yep. a little bit of a live stream, in addition to a quick recording that we were able to knock out as well. It's it's been really cool. You know, every time we get to go on the road, we go to Sanford Bridge to get to know the journalist pool. They're all super friendly and nice and fun to hang out with. And especially if you have a, a night out on the lash, they can uh, they can tell some really fun stories. And so, you know, again, massive shout out. Matt Law missed this one. Um, bummer for him because we had a great time. And then last but certainly not least, Chelsea Football Club. The access we get, the support we get from them. Uh, really appreciate everything they do. They crushed it uh, with the the fan engagement stuff yet again this summer. So shout out to the team that did that and for giving us access uh, as well. We, we, just, we really enjoy working with them and everyone involved. So that's going to wrap it up. Our 2023 summer tour has come to an end, Nick. It's, it's special to get to do this with you guys. We don't get to be in the yeah. same city all the time. You know, we get maybe a couple times a year now where we all get to be together and to go on the road to you know go through a slog it was a couple weeks on the road i'm looking forward to my own bed but uh to get to do this with you to get to record this much together is so much better look there is a whiskey bar downstairs in our hotel and we have to wrap this one up because we need to get out of here so they can clean and we can go do a little sneaky pour Uh uh-oh Well, take one more look. Beautiful pitch behind us at FedEx Field. Uh, That's going to wrap it up again. 2023 U.S. Summer Tour uh, for us has come to a close. I'm sure they're going to route Dorman 7-0. We'll be be doing a normal Zoom recording post that one. But anyways, thank you again to everybody involved. This tour has been amazing. We will, uh, I don't know, maybe see you next year. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.